In November of 2014, veteran Star Wars author James Lucino published his first canon novel, Tarkin, and we're going to talk about it today. Welcome to Canon in 15 Minutes from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Canon in 15 Minutes. Today we are going to be talking all about the novel Tarkin and I am your host Dan aka Vader's Castle Library and I'm not alone. I'm today joined by a couple of the usual suspects. First off Chris aka SW Book Collector. How are you doing? I'm good thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah always. (laughs) Discuss Tarkin the wonderful book. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm also joined by Journals of the Wills, aka Johnny. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, Dan. All good. Always nice to be here. Good, good. So I will first uh, give a little bit of context to the listeners before we dive into this one. So this novel was originally published on November the fourth, twenty fourteen. It was written by James Lacino, who is a very well-known, prolific Star Wars author. He's been writing legends for some years. The book itself is estimated to be set around 14 BBY. And just a brief summary of the book, uh, it explores the rise of uh, Governor Tarkin through the Empire in the days after the fall of the Republic and also dives into Tarkin's past on his home planet, Iriadu. Um, So first off, before we dive into questions on this, uh, how recently have you guys reread, consumed, last time you read it? Chris, we'll start with you. Was it a while ago? Uh, It was a little bit. So I read it when it first came out, um, and I struggled with it, I'll be honest. Uh, It stopped me from reading Star Wars books for quite a while. Um, But then when I got back in Star Wars books, I, I felt like I needed to, you know, beat that horse i don't know <laughs> um, uh, and uh, i listened to an audio and i made it through and it, it, it yeah i've read it that was about two years ago i think cool the audio you beat the talking horse brilliant and johnny what about you horse, yeah. um I, I first read it it must have been shortly after it dropped in 2014 and then i, I gave it a revisit last summer on audio maybe the summer before and then most recently, again, another audio revisit, that's, which, which wrapped up probably a, a week or two ago. Yeah. Yeah, I read this for the first time last maybe January, February. Admittedly, at the time, it took me a long time to read just because I found it quite a dense book, even though, as Johnny pointed out on his wonderful post, it is one of the shorter Star Wars novels, adult novels. Um, but it felt quite dense to read at the time. Um, but I did enjoy it, and I just revisited it. Uh, about last week on audio and i thoroughly enjoyed the audio revisit so i'm looking forward to chatting about it with you guys um first off just because this book does have a bit of a a unique sort of structure and style to it mostly because of lucino as an author himself uh, how do you guys feel about sort of the the overall structure and style of this novel uh chris we'll start with you uh yeah so I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Lucino. I like his style, and I'm going to get that out early before Johnny comes and shits all over him. Um, <laughs> no, I do I do like the book. Like I said, I, I did struggle with it, but the one thing that, um, that it really does well is the story of Tarkin. So everything from Tarkin's perspective, every part, everything that involves Tarkin is wonderful, like incredible. 
Um, it's just the other stuff that I'll not be a fan of. Now, if you've read Catalyst by James Lucino, that also features a lot of Tarkin, you'll you'll know the, how good he is at writing these kind of characters and just the level of detail that he has. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of this book, but I'm a big fan of half of this book, definitely. Yeah. And and what about you, Johnny? How, how did you feel about this one? I mean, I'm probably in the same camp, although I, I, I'd be interested to know which half you like, Chris, and which half you're, you're less a fan of. Okay, so I like talking bits. Anything to do with the Rebels is god-awfully boring. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 in terms of the structure, I, I have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about the overuse of flashback structures and and, and stories in Star Wars that are sort of split over two different time periods. And uh, there kind of has been a trend since the canon reset of of doing that a lot. And very often one of the stories is just a lot more interesting than the other. Um, And, and, you know, I, for me with this one, I'm definitely much more invested in the story about Tarkin's childhood, his youth, his experiences in the wilderness on every Adu, all those experiences mm-hmm. that kind of make him the really tough, cunning, ruthless bastard that he is. Um, and I'm less invested in what's going on in the sort of quote unquote present day in 14 years BBY. Yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, it, it is a book of two halves. And I kind of. I'm always wanting to get more of that backstory. I could have happily read that as a backstory. I kind of wonder if this if this if this project was undertaken today to explore Tarkin. I kind of feel like we might even get a standalone like YA book or something as to- your I young think, Tarkin. I think it'd like probably that, put it more you know? like a comic series or mini series or something like that. Mm. Yeah, if they do it today. yeah. I mean, it it does feel to me and like. It suffered from the canon reset. I mean, Lucina would have been writing this before the canon reset because it, it dropped yeah. only months afterwards. Yeah, and I, you get the feeling that maybe the original brief would have been something more along the lines of Darth Plagueis, which was kind of a bio biography of the of not only Plagueis but actually Palpatine, as <laughs> more to the point, you know. And it's kind of this is a villain, and this is this villain's story from you know all the way through their life. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like what what, is, what has been kept of that has been this really interesting stuff about his childhood. And then they've kind of realized, well, actually, we don't want to do what you've done with Plagueis because we don't want to immediately reaffirm all this stuff from EU lore because the whole point of the canon reset was to get rid of it. So actually, yeah. we the, the, the present day story kind of feels just bolted on and almost secondary to me. It kind of feels like it's, it's a bit sort of perfunctory. That's you know, interesting. And, and that consequential. Is. Because obviously Plague is one of its, one of its biggest strengths is the fact that Lucina has such a crazy attention for de- to detail. Yeah. And he was yeah. pulling in references from obscure miniseries, comic series. It tied into the Darth Maul. I can't remember what it's called, but that whole miniseries it tied into. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was very much like... Like not an Avengers Endgame sort of thing, but it it was one of those catch-all books like Resistance Reborn is for um, for yeah. canon. Um, so maybe he did intend to do the same with this, but then couldn't, so had to heavily edit it. His plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that that's what it feels like to me. And th- there are little bits that survive. You know, the the droid that Sidious has here is the is, is uh, the the droid who's knocking around in the Darth Plagueis books. Pel- uh, Plagueis's droid, and then Sidious's yes. droid. 
Um, there, there are a few other things as well. Eriadu, so Lucino explored Tarkin's role with Eriadu in Cloak of Deception as well, the prequel era novel, um, which I remember really enjoying uh, 10 years ago or so. So there are little bits that he has been able to tie back in, but I get the feeling that it's, it's, it's a much shorter affair. It's a much shorter book because they've had to radically overhaul the concept because mm-hmm, of the canon mm-hmm. reboot. Yeah, I think I think that's sort of fair and interesting points from both of you. I think I sort of sit somewhere in between both of you as well. I think the flashback parts of the book were definitely my favourite elements of it, um, and then the the modern sort of the modern day, the present day Tarkin stuff. I also really enjoyed as well when it was Tarkin, Vader, Palpatine, learning about all the sort of political intrigue of the empire that stuff really really worked for me as well it really was <clears throat> the sort of brief times where we went away from the empire to the the rebel crew which kind of they just it, they felt like they didn't belong as a pov in the book that they just needed to be the foil because they needed to be a foil but them as pov characters just actually didn't really work for me that well it's just amazing uh, isn't it how like lucina is so good with characters and yet these guys had no character whatsoever yeah which, which is why it feels rushed to me it, it does feel like it's a rushed kind of revised take on the whole on the whole book you know yeah. anyone remember any of their names uh hask hask oh, yeah. teller doctor Something or other, Ortiz, Ortoz. All right, nerds, Jesus, <laughs> Doctor Mon Calamari. To be fair, I, uh... I did just finish listening to it not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it was but you're, you're right. You, yeah, there's a there's a point in the narrative where Tarkin is kind of it's basically a it's, it, it would be the scene in the movie where Tarkin sat in front of the computer looking at the files and he's getting his answers and he's tracking he's you know, the files are popping yes. up and you know and and that's how you get the backstory on these characters via yeah. Tarkin sitting at a computer terminal reading their files and that is my favorite chapter in the entire book is that and it's really late on moment. you've already spent yeah. several POV chapters with these guys and it was really hard to care about them because you had no idea why they were doing what they were doing particularly yes yeah until yeah, you I get agree. to this scene later on. And, and again, it just feels really rushed, you know, in terms of in terms of a writing choice. It's like, but it's a bit lazy, even it's just that it's talking in front of the computer screen, reading their files, you know. Yeah, I do find that interesting though, because that that was actually my favorite part of the book. I just thought that yeah. bit summed up Tarkin so well in his sort of his military strategy, his cunning, his intelligence, not in quite a thrawn way, but his own way. Yeah. So I actually. Yeah really really enjoyed that i just could have done that without the part about the rebels without even ever knowing much about them yeah you didn't need um, them at all it which would, is why more i think if they were just a foil like a an unseen force yeah which is why i yeah. think even though i do really really enjoy this book it is structured quite weird to me and like lucino writes this almost like it's the memoirs of tarkin because it's constantly jumping in time not in the sense of like new chapter we're jumping back 30 years Tarkin will be doing something in the present and suddenly start thinking about his past and yeah I found that an interesting choice and it it ultimately worked quite well for me but it did really read like the memoirs of Tarkin which yeah Lucino writes Tarkin so damn well it was almost as if the other stuff just didn't need to be there so I guess we are all sort of pretty much in agreement on on most of that stuff um, but it is definitely an interesting novel to to look at in that sense. 
Um, well, we'll jump on to, to the next question for you guys. I guess we've already sort of briefly touched on it, but we, we can go in in a little bit more detail. How did this one work for you specifically as a novel about Tarkin and perhaps more generally about the Empire? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah, it, it works really well. Um, like I said to, um, I said to you earlier, um, it it's felt throughout through, through canon now. Um, Ariadu, the the Carrion, all of that stuff. It was referenced recently in um, Star Wars by Charles Saul. Yeah, there's a whole character which is Tarkin's kind of apprentice, and she goes through the same trials on the Carrion. Um, and all that and there's a there's another reference to it somewhere else which i did speak about last time i spoke to you about this dan but i can't remember what it was yes. but it was also charles saul as well so obviously charles saul's a fan of yeah, it was work. it was charles saul's sort of one-off issue where vader in the vader comic where yes. vader had tarkin testing him yes and that, that was very it. much yes, felt like yes. something that naturally would have taken place or maybe it's a the, month um, after this the Darth vader annual isn't it yes yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it is it's it's one of those issues it's one of those comic issues that wikipedia has misdated because they have they have it taking place before 14 bby which can't be correct it's got to happen after this book after vader and Tarkin talk about the carrion spike and yeah and uh, and uh, develop a weird little bromance that i quite liked as yeah. well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah Tarkin's an interesting character isn't it um isn't he? he's like see a lot of people um you know uh, deify Thrawn these days you know rightfully so he's a great character um but i feel like we need to put some more respect on tarkin's name absolutely because he is you know uh, to a lot of people tarkin was the villain of star wars um for three years before the empire strikes back came out when they only had star wars or a new hope the villains were the, the only ones you saw were darth vader and tarkin and tarkin's the one that pulled the trigger on alderaan he's the one yeah. that tortured the princess Vader just kind of just looms ominously in the background of that movie, and he flies yeah. Tie Fighter. Tarkin is the original Star Wars villain, um, yeah. and Agreed. and I feel like a lot of people who maybe don't read the books, who they think that maybe are into the prequels more than anything else, their impression of Thrawn, that he's this mastermind villain Moriarty figure, isn't right. That's really Tarkin, mm -hmm. you know. And I feel like this book. It nails that. Like, at no point do we, we we get the history of Tarkin, but at no point are we made to sympathise with Tarkin. Maybe when he's a child, but when he's growing up, Lucina Lucina writes him like a villain. Yeah, he is a villain. Yeah, yeah, and that there's no anti-hero there at all. <laughs> no, because you always get that with Vader, even Maul. Um, mm -hmm. I would say not Palpatine. Palpatine, even Plagueis. He was still a villain. Um, but you tend to get it with most villains. Ventress, they all turn good. It's like that thing for Batman, isn't it? You're only you're a hero until you live long enough to be the villain. Well, in popular culture, it's the other way around. You're the villain until <laughs> yeah. you get your redemption arc and then you're the hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tarkin, Tarkin does not that. get that. Yeah. does not get that. He's a villain through and through. And he could, you know, and he is the most powerful non-force user in the Empire. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the highest ranking. Agree. So it's, 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 yeah, it's good. It's, it's interesting, definitely. I feel like we need more talking content. Yeah, agreed. Johnny, how about you? How does this work for you as a talking and empire story? 
I, I like I do like it. I do like it. Um, I, I always like the stories that James Lucino gets to tell. I, I just sometimes find the way they're told a little sort of to be a little un uninspiring, and sort of, I, I sometimes struggle with the 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 book, but like the story. Um, I love how savage Tarkin is in this. It's surprising, yeah. you know, the, 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 this backstory that he has, where he's really been trained up and toughened up in this sort of wilderness, um, the sort of certain members of his family have to go and sort of prove themselves to become a man. You know, it's it's not what I expected. It's, it's not necessarily, I think, what many folk would have expected of this sort of very prim and proper... Um, British guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly, you know. Um, so in, in that way, I found it really surprising and, and really exciting, actually. It was a really interesting take on his character. Mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of it as a story about the Empire, again, I quite like the Empire stuff. Um, yeah. You know, A lot of that stuff around sort of the, the intrigue and sort of leaks within the sort of Empire information services, that sort of stuff, it feels almost like quite Andor, you know? It, yeah. it, it's yeah. that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from a lot of that stuff. Um, I didn't enjoy Vader in this as much this time around, and partly that was maybe because I was doing it on audio. And as much as the narrator Ewan Morton absolutely nails Tarkin, yeah. his Vader is a little bit definitively American and not as sort of mid-Atlantic as mm -hmm. James Earl Jones's Vader was. So I was just hearing a big booming American voice and not actually hearing Vader's voice, which kind of just I don't know. It, 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 it didn't help me to sort of enjoy Vader's role in this this time around. Yeah. Um, no, I enjoy it as a Tarkin story. Though, story. No, it's not. Not it, it really isn't. Um, I enjoy it as a Tarkin story. I enjoy all those little insights into the Empire and what the Empire was like in those years, in those early years post-fall of the Republic. That's all really good, interesting stuff for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I'm very similar. I, I, I do really love the Tarkin stuff in this. I think it gave me a newfound appreciation for Tarkin's character. And I think, as you said, Lucino's attention to detail and the way he writes Tarkin is really the, this book's strongest point uh, area for me. And, and sort of that journey, the backstory and getting to the end where he becomes Grand Moff Tarkin and becomes like arguably the third most, well, not even arguably, he becomes the third most powerful person in the galaxy. And the way this book writes that sort of triumvirate of Vader, <clears throat> Tarkin and Palpatine, I think is excellent. Some of the Palpatine stuff in this, even though it's few and far between, it's great. The way he thinks and regards Tarkin as almost an equal to Vader, I think is very interesting. And I, I think he respects him more than Vader personally. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Vader's he is always, the number two. Yeah, Vader's always a means to an end for Palpatine, almost like a blunt tool mm. he can throw at things. But Tarkin really is his chief. Like you go out there and control the outer rim for me because you're the only person I can trust to do it. Yeah, yeah. He's earned his spot there, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He he admires Tarkin's absolute ruthlessness and. I guess he, he has a need as a Sith Master to keep Vader in his place to a degree anyway. Yeah. yeah. So th there's a totally different dynamic with him and Vader that, you know, th there's always going to be a bit of a, a strange dynamic and a bit of a tussle. Um, yeah. But Tarkin, he clearly, yeah, I mean, the man is a ruthless bastard and Sidious yeah. loves that about him. And I, ju I just think that's something that Lucino captures so well in this book. I mean, I, I really liked sort of the very small little flashbacks to Tarkin and 
Senator Palpatine at the time, sort of first meeting and becoming introduced to one another and that idea of this sort of young, charming politician seeing all this ruthless military talent in a young man and thinking, I'm going to take advantage of this, basically. I'm going to get him to where I want to get him and he's going to become part of my grand plan. So I did. I, I, I do love when Lucino does that, that really builds on Star Wars canon significantly in this book. Yeah, he also um, references his um, Clone Wars episodes as well, doesn't he? Which is a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. reference that Anakin quite a lot. And there is that whole sort of An- Thrawn sort of knowing that Vader's Anakin, but not wanting to say anything in case he gets his head chopped off thing, which yeah. I think is a nice little touch as well, because someone as smart as Tarkin would figure it out. in the same way that Thrawn figured it out, Tarkin obviously did as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that both of those high-ranking Imperial um, officer characters do get to have that moment in the novels. The, yeah, yeah. They, they, get, they get to work alongside Vader, and they, they both are smart enough to realise, I know who this guy is. Yeah. See, that's the weird, isn't it? That's the difference between Thrawn and Tarkin is Palpatine always kept Thrawn at arm's length. He never invited him into his inner circle. Yes. Like yeah, he did yeah. Tarkin. I think probably because... I think Thorne was probably more of a curiosity for Palpatine, and also he might have even feared him a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think Palpatine probably always knew that Thorne's allegiance maybe wasn't 100% to him. That's obviously yeah. something that Zahn explores quite a lot in the books. But yeah, I agree with you. I think he is always at arm's length, whereas Tarkin is his guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That, that was that was some interesting chat there. Um, before we start to to wrap up, um, I thought we could maybe just mention a little bit about the sort of canon slash legends connections involved in this. Uh, sort of any sort of big implications that you guys sort of noticed? Any nice little details? I mean, Johnny, you've already mentioned a couple of sort of Lucino's uh, legendsy ones, but um, mm. and Chris, we obviously mentioned some of the the, the Tarkin stuff that appears in in later publishing but is there anything that immediately jumps out your head of stuff to worth mentioning i mean because this was already in the canon it does make a couple of small legend references but it's more that canon things reference this um especially lucino's second and last um uh, canon book which is catalyst the prequel to rogue one um i feel like that um is almost a very almost a sequel to this because it shouldn't need to include Tarkin but it does and those moments in that book between Tarkin and Krennic are wonderful and that's very much the same Tarkin we have here um, and it also answers that sort of question of it fills the gap of the of the canon here about the fact that this talks about the formation of the Death Star quite a lot but doesn't mention Krennic it doesn't mention things from Rogue One because it was before it so that's understandable but like I feel like they're very much a one-two punch that I would always recommend to people um and another thing I'd like to say just as a last piece uh Lucino is he's a he's a different kind of Star Wars writer he's very flowery he's very um wordy um and to the point where it can be alienated and cold initially um, and I, I think he does that intentionally. All of his books start off really cold. So Plagueis does it, Tarkin does it, um, Catalyst does it, to the point where it's, you almost can't get into it. Um, but the more you keep going, the more it opens itself up to you and the warmer it becomes. So anyone who's reading Lucino, I would absolutely stick with them. I mean, I've, I've mentioned this to you down before, but this is very much how I see it. Any Radiohead fan will know that... Um, <laughs> 
if if you're a, a fan of Radiohead and you know the album Kid A, which is really famous, so a lot of people will get this reference point. When you first listen to it, it's abstract, it's weird, it's cold, it's really hard to get into. But the more you listen to it, the more warmth and beauty you see within it. And that's very much the scene there in Star Wars. So um, I know Johnny's not a fan, so I'm sure he's going to mention that now and answer. But um, <laughs> I would very much... <clears throat> Don't be put off by the first quarter or third of his books. Keep going because you'll be massively rewarded. Yeah. Johnny, anything else yeah. that you'd like to add? Um, yeah, in terms of, sort of legends and can connections, there's an interesting um, non-connection to, to legends, if that makes sense. Given, given that Lucino was in legends, given sort of doing these quite sort of sprawling stories like Darth Plagueis that, that made a point of connecting all these dots. The there's a character here in the there's a character here in the Tarkin family called Ranulf Tarkin, who, who's sort of an, another one of these Tarkins who's gone on to have a naval career. Um, and there was a Ranulf Tarkin in Legends as well, who took part in this um, a, a skirmish called the the Stark Hyperspace War in the old Star Wars Republic comic line, which is kind of set in the prequel era. Uh, and Lucino here makes a decision to not make those the same character, which is interesting. They're different. They've got the same name. They're knocking around in the same era, but he gives them different stories. So almost what we've got here in Tarkin is this sort of, I guess it's, I don't even know if the Lucas Storyfilm group had been established at this point, but it's almost like a template for saying, we will cherry pick the little bits of legends that we're going to reference and sort of kind of re-canonize through the back door you know, and there'll be these little things here and there, this a droid here, a planet there, that sort of thing. We're not saying that the exact same, the exact same things happened with those characters and those planets, but they're there and we acknowledge them. And, but then there's also a decision to say, well, actually, this is our opportunity to tell a different version of events, you know, mm-hmm. and we're not going to be slavishly beholden to, to what was written before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just find that kind of interesting, fall, coming so early on in the canon reboot era, that this one book sort of actually delivers both of those sorts of callbacks to the legends lore, both both reaffirming them and re-canonizing small elements, but also saying, actually, no, we're doing something different with with some of the backstory here too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Um, And just sort of before we start to to wrap up, um, just sort of quick final thoughts. I mean, is this a book you would recommend to new Star Wars readers? Is this a book you would recommend people picked up a bit further into their Star Wars reading career? What what do you guys think, Chris? I, I definitely wouldn't recommend you read this one first. Um, it's good. I know a lot of people love this book. Uh, it's one of their favourites. But just because of that style, it's not representative of Star Wars books as a whole. And I feel like if you read this book first, you'd get the wrong impression as to what a Star Wars book is. Um, so, you know, uh, I'd leave it a bit, you know, when 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 you've read a few and you know you what you want us you want something a bit different, then come to this one. Johnny, what about you? Do you feel sort of similar way? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I don't dislike it, um, and I and, and I as I said before, I don't dislike the stories that James Lucino gets to write. Um, they're they're not always the easiest to get through. Um, I don't find the prose style particularly inspiring, um, but I'm always glad. To Chris's point, I'm always glad that I've stuck with it. You know, I, I enjoy the story in the end. Um, I, I, I guess I, I probably wouldn't recommend the book start here. But, you know, if, if the person you're talking to is, particularly if they're an original trilogy fan, you know, if they're, if they're of that vintage, they might get on board with this maybe 
more readily than they might something else, the sort of prequel era oriented or something like that. So horses for courses. I'm I'm never going to, as Jason said on the pod recently, you know, I'm never going to dissuade someone from picking up a Star Wars book and reading it, you know, because everybody's different. Um, I know there there are folk who love this book in, in ways that I don't, but that's the great thing about the Star Wars canon and the legend stuff, you know, there's, there's something for everybody. Yeah. And I guess sort of my, my final thought in it is I, I, I think this is a book that I have liked more, the more I've consumed it, both as I physically read the book for the first time, the deeper I got into it, the more I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it more the second time I read it than the first. Um, but I would say, yes, it's a Star Wars book that you should read. If you love Tarkin, the original trilogy, The Empire, Vader, Palpatine, all those things, definitely read this book. But I would also agree with both of your points. If you've never read a Star Wars book before, there's definitely quite a few that I would recommend you start with first and get around to Tarkin a little bit later. But it's definitely worth a read. Because also, we've just spoiled this book for you. Book. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Um, I guess that, that, that wraps it up. I mean, as per usual, we've our canon in 15 minutes has lasted closer to half an hour, but at least we're consistent. <laughs> um, Are we going to have to rebrand it, do you think? No, that's the fun no, part. No, I, th- I think this is the, this is the <laughs> consistent fun bit of we canon in 15 add minutes. Add a question mark at the end, so it's canon in 15 minutes? <laughs> I do think, you know, I mean? you know, true Star Wars Book Community podcast fans will, will know that they can always expect a 30 minute, all 15 six minute of them episode. Know. All six of them know. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So we can wrap up there. Um, first things first. Oh, last things last. Uh, Chris, where can the people find you if you want them to find you? Uh, everywhere. I'm in your house. No. SW Book Collector on Instagram, Threads, Facebook. This podcast, obviously. And non-toxic Star Wars fan base on Facebook. Oh, and fan for tracks. Grant and Johnny, where can the people find you? Uh, yeah, I can be found on the old socials as at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an itch. Um, and yeah, so Instagram is generally where I'm at. I, I quite like threads. I'm, I'm enjoying the threads experience. I think I'll stay. Um, I'm also on the the, you know, that Twitter X thing as well. <laughs> the thing formerly um, known as Twitter. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. And of course we do have, we haven't spoken about this before, but we do have a Star Wars book community Discord. And I know that we we've do, got yeah. we've got Johnny O coming on to the next Canon in 15 minutes and he's kind of spearheaded that to some degree. So maybe we'll get Johnny to talk about a bit more about that in the future. Yes, and maybe we should have a channel on that dedicated to podcast topic discussions uh yes and you can find me at vader's castle library on instagram and pretty much just instagram at the moment because instagram's fun and a happy place to be get Um, on threads i tried to tag you in threads but you went there man threads i will i will try thread the needle um canon in 15 minutes (laughs) Uh, see what i did there yeah Uh, Canon in 50 Minutes will return in two weeks to discuss the novel Heir to the Jedi and Legends in 15 Minutes will be back 
next week to discuss the novel Cross Current. Johnny Nod, if I'm correct. Yes, I'm correct. Brilliant. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the SWBC podcast. This has been Canon in 50 Minutes. May Thanks, the Frank. force be with you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>